Welcome to episode number 101 of the Becoming Human podcast. This episode features Austin Daffron and Alfred Murillo, two highly competitive jiu-jitsu athletes who train out of the Pacific Northwest. Austin is a brown belt in jiu-jitsu and has recently become well-known on the national jiu-jitsu scene as a fearsome competitor. And he has trained with some of the best jiu-jitsu athletes and coaches in the Pacific Northwest. And getting to know Austin, I realize he has an impressive amount of focus, introspection, and character. And I'm really happy to be able to have someone like that within my community and to be able to sit down and talk with someone like them. You can find him on Instagram at duck underscore jitsu. And I'll be sure to leave the link to his Instagram in the show notes. This episode also features Alfred Murillo. He's a purple belt in jiu-jitsu and is beginning to compete on the national level. Alfred is known for his determination and focus. He is quickly becoming a strong competitive grappler in the Pacific Northwest and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about Alfie, you can check him out on his Instagram at poo.jitsu. And if you're looking for some delicious coffee, check out happenstance.coffee. It's a small company based out of the Pacific Northwest, and they su- support a lot of athletes within the within martial arts and beyond. And whether you've got a broken heart, torn ACL, or a little bit of <clears throat> shoulder pain, check out Topical CBD at CityRainco.com. Alfie and I developed our own Topical CBD because... We were looking for something to mend our wounds from jiu-jitsu and other sports, and the stuff on the market wasn't quite cutting it. So we decided to make our own blend of topical CBD and share it with other athletes, like-minded individuals who are trying to get after it and be the best version of themselves. Without any further ado, here is Alfie in Austin. Austin, what's your favorite food before a tournament? (laughs) Is this on? Yeah, it's on. Just doing mic checks. It's my favorite food before a tournament. Um, well, if I'm going 125, it's air with air sauce. Air with air sauce, yes. <laughs> you have Alfie blow the balloon and you just suck all the air out. No, I think actually um, when I was in California, what I have, I think, I forgot what I had, but I had some fruit. I took a picture of it. And I had like no self-control and I had like peanut butter too and I ate all the fucking peanut butter. <laughs> but on my Instagram, it was like just the fruit. I think it may have been out. It was something like that. So my, my buddy Isaac, and he was like, you're a damn liar. You ate all that peanut butter. I ate like 2,000 calories of peanut butter and that was just like my, my dinner. Oh my God. Well, it, it was just like the whole thing of peanut butter. Yeah. Like it was like literally, cause I, was, I was like, I was starving. I just couldn't, like if I missed weight, because of that peanut butter. Yeah. Wow. You no. make me feel better about myself. Because it was like that, an apple, I think. It was, it, it was like, I, I had like an apple. I was going to do some peanut butter, but the <laughs> peanut butter ended up oh. all being gone by the end of it. When Brian Ortega, before his fight with Max Holloway, he did that during his training camp. He woke up in the middle of the night and just wanted like a little taste of Nutella and ended up eating the whole jar. That's like every time after I go grocery shopping for me. Peanut butter lasts me like one to two days. And yeah, I have to 
to buy my son like different peanut butter and label it because I'll eat all of his peanut butter. <laughs> I think it was actually almond butter. So, oh, 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 so, so you're it's better totally, than totally, me. Totally, I get totally it. Better. Yes. <laughs> Makes it much better, right? He's that bougie butter. <laughs> oh, bo- yeah. wait, what's bougie? Bro? Like upper class, like really? high class. Ooh, like is that is that the I think so. dictionary definition? I could I'm 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 all look it up. Can we? We need a Jamie for this podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Joey, Joey you look that up? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, you, you competed in uh, finishers, one of the grappling tournaments. Guys, and also, this is a very special podcast. Whoa. This is our one-year anniversary from our original podcast. Whoa. Like the, really? What? The exact date. Damn. Damn. Joey, look that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you came in and for the what the the open tournament and I saw you submit everybody in that tournament. I was completely blown away, man. Wanted something uh, crazier? What? Came into my gym. Mm-hmm. Was watching this open tournament. I saw Alfie submit everybody from my gym, and everybody was pissed off. They're like, "Who is this?" Little dude, not from our gym, coming in and heel hooking everybody like a damn cheater. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, yeah, right, yeah, we know how that feels. To be fair, I have a punch card, <laughs> so I am part of the gym. <laughs> so wait, and I was like, "That's Alfie, mother effing Marillo. Get that shit straight, son." And I slapped that guy. Where? And then, then, then I looked at him. I looked at his heel, and he just hit it. He, he knew it right there. His yeah. heel was exposed. Had to hide the heel and walked away. Oh, that, that's, that's a when, true story. What? That's when Yoda feels like he successfully <laughs> transferred <laughs> all his knowledge. But I also like that same event happened where you guys saw me come in. Yeah. And now I got to see Alfred come in and just heel hook everybody. I don't see, think it was nine finishes, but it was a couple. Yeah. It was a couple. Was, How many? It was six. Six. Six finishes. So was he really, were you guys really lucky or is there just something that, that, that sets you, you guys apart from people who have the same amount of time training? Because like I look at like Alfie and I know some other blue belts who have spent more time being a blue belt and they, some of them couldn't even imagine doing that. I have a question for you. Oh, wait, yeah, we're talking about, it. yeah. I see people who, who they, they go to school, let's say they, they go to college, right? Mm-hmm. I see some people, when they graduate, get right into work, have a higher success rate in the real world, and then I see other people who live at their house for another five years mm-hmm. and fucking sit at home, masturbate all day, and play video games. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between the two? Why, why is one individual have practical skills from going to college and the other individual just useless? Mm. How much focus and determination they put into it. And intention, yeah. yeah they, intention. They, come to, they come to school. I have a, I have a buddy who went uh, into computer programming. Mm-hmm. Immediately, like he knew exactly what he wanted to do going into school as a freshman. Mm-hmm. I mean, out of school, he's already doing his interviews. He's he's done one with uh, Google. He's you know he's working on his questions for you know places like Amazon and stuff like that. And his intention 
was much greater than like you know the the high percentile that comes in school and they don't know what the fuck they want to do. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you like? You role modeled from someone, or going into jujitsu? Did you did you have that on your mind when you're we talked about in the previous podcast? You're like uh, cross country or jujitsu, martial arts. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. <laughs> no, no, that was not something uh, I had directly, but uh, I, I just want to make the point of intention, yeah, intention. while you're doing something. Okay. There's one thing to. You know, it's one thing to, to train for a long period of time, and yeah. there's another thing to have intention while you're doing it. <laughs> so just like a you know a student that goes in, there's one student that has intentions, and then there's the other student who wants the you know the experience of being in college. Some people go on the jiu-jitsu mats and they want the experience of you know hanging out with their friends. <laughs> they want the experience of you know jujitsu. Maybe they heard it on a podcast. You know, they're not looking to be like a world champion or have any high level competition experience or have aspirations of like doing it professionally or teaching. They're just, you know, they're looking to do it as a hobby. Mm-hmm. So that's generally why you, why you see those two things. I see. And so that's, was there a big def- turning point for you, Alfred, when you, you leapt from, from having like an intention, I want to, I want to do this take this, I guess, seriously, for lack of a better t- term, and, and really focus and, and push myself? Um, when I realized that I was sacrificing uh, certain schedules at work uh, or time with my fiancé to a certain degree or, or a job in general, like financial security, because I liked jujitsu and I wanted to get better at it. And the more time I put in, the more I get out of it. Mm-hmm. And so having, like, I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't say there was, like, a necessary, ne- there was necessarily a turning point that just, like, snapped, I want to do this. But I've always been pretty all or nothing anyways. Mm-hmm. So whether it was music or cooking or jujitsu now. Yeah. Yeah. Jujitsu is life. Jujitsu is life. Said Alfie Marilla. <laughs> Hashtag the ground is his ocean. <laughs> the ground is his ocean. Said Alfie Morella. I can't swim. The ground is my ocean, but I'm hydrophobic. <laughs> you win or you learn. Said guess who? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tim Kennedy. Alfred Morella. Oh. Wrong. Ten thousand reps. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had to sacrifice things in your life? Never. Uh, to be ever. To, never. No. Ever. Really. No. Wow. Got it. Handed to me. Silver spoon. Really? Yes. Silver belt. Silver belt. Have <laughs> <laughs> uh, you had to make sacrifices, Alfie? Yeah, I quit my job. Me anymore. He just he just yeah. went over this well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, yeah, sacrifices. Quitting jobs, sacrificing time with fiance and friends, and mm-hmm. yeah. But it's know. just clearly worth it to you, though. It's not like met in anguish. This obviously gives you fulfillment. Yes, yeah. 100%. And that's the same for you. Well, I can't tell if you're happy or sad anytime. So. Yeah, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> the only more fulfilling thing was slamming my training partner on the mats. <laughs> oh, yeah. Luckily, I had some CBD lotion. That stuff works wonders. I'm starting to understand why uh, Alfred had to slam you on the mats. <laughs> <laughs> So, 
in competing uh, in subspectrum, right? You had to go and fly all the way out to the middle of the country. I got to fly out to the middle of the country. I have to. Do you get to go and explore the area there, or are you just like super tournament focused? What does your pregame look like for, let's say, subspectrum? For like, subspectrum? Yeah. Well, since it was like negative 20 degrees outside, yeah. I was trying not to freeze my balls off. Um, right. Still cutting a little bit of weight, getting ready for the ultimate mat wars, but um, it was, you know, country town. It's freezing balls outside. Like, I remember going on a walk. Um, my hotel was about a half a mile away from the venue, mm-hmm. and I had to run into a gas station. What? I, like, lost uh, feeling in, like, my face and my hands, and my shit was all red. And it, was, it was actually probably, like, with the, with the wind chill, it was, like, negative 15 outside. Whoa! So, yeah, it was an adventure land. <laughs> And there was no adventures going on <laughs> that day. That sounds like something that Michael Jackson would put up for his, <laughs> in his backyard. At the, wait, is that not Adventureland? That's Neverland, isn't it? Yeah, there we go. I'm sorry. That wasn't really the, the name of the town. Yeah, it was like a theme park. Damn. But I called it. I called it Lyft from there, and they got me to the event. It was like a block away. <laughs> at least Damn. you're not fatter and more funny. <laughs> Kind of fucked up. I'm sorry. <laughs> it wouldn't be fucked up, you know, in front of me because because uh, I was fat. Cause I'm not fat, but <laughs> like hitting a man when he's down. <laughs> oh, well, I have to. Never mind. Pick him back up. Turtles can't get back up. That help. All right. Now I have a question for you. Bro. Yes. Uh oh. Do you have a joint before this podcast? Mm, no. <laughs> or just a bunch of. Race City Co. CBD. Yes, I lathered <laughs> it on my City body <laughs> so I could not focus. <laughs> Non-psychoactive. Non-psychoactive. Hopefully. You sure? I don't know. Less than 0.3% THC. Um, what is your... So you had to, you were cutting weight at the time while you are at Subspectrum for Ultimate Mat Warriors. What weight did you have to make for Subspectrum? 35. And for Ultimate Mat Warriors? 25. And you look like uh, two twigs put together. So how hard is that for you? It's really easy. Really? You're <laughs> just not eat for like a month? No, no. Gotta, gotta diet properly. Gotta <laughs> use water manipulation. Uh, Wait. Sodium intake. Like, gotta water load. You gotta know how all that stuff works. Okay. Um, it's doable. I diet down to about 100 and anywhere from like 135 to 137. I think actually for the Ultimate Mat Warriors, I was closer to that 37 range where uh, for finishers, I was a little bit smaller. I was like 35, 34. Mm-hmm. So I was a little bit more skeletal-ish from the finishers one than uh, Ultimate Mat Warriors. And if you just miss weight, what's the likelihood of you being able to bring it back when they've determined, when you start? go and step up to weigh in or are you out of luck at that point if I just miss weight yeah. what's the likelihood of me being able like do they give you a moment or like an hour or two hours to like figure it out and try to make weight because um that's an interesting question I believe you have an hour grace between, uh, between the time you weigh in to make the weight mm-hmm. um, I know if you miss the weight for the bigger events you're shit out of luck 
in my experience, or I don't have experience um, with cutting weight. I feel like if you're trying to go 135 to 137, right? Like that's a small range. I wouldn't. How does that not make you very anxious? Like, are you, do you have a high level of certainty as you're cutting weight that you're going to make it within that small range? I have a scale. Uh, yeah. Okay. And, and missing weight isn't like the option, right? You got to think about what we just talked about, sacrifices. If you're flying all the way to Pennsylvania or Iowa or Southern, even Southern California, right? It's only a three, two and a half hour flight, three hour flight. But you have like everybody's expectations and, and just um, yourself like leaning like how embarrassing would that be for you to take a match no months in advance mm-hmm. fly all the way across the country to go and make a weight of 125 and then miss it right mm-hmm. it, it's not like an option just to not not make it you're a day away from the match though and you're two pounds over is it pretty easy to shed that two pounds like that's like you have some modicum of control. Two pounds, yes, two yeah, pounds. Yeah, it is two pounds. Right, oh, okay, yeah. so that makes sense because that's what I'm thinking is like that's such a small window. What if you're like only you know a pound or two shy leading up to the event? You're trying, your body's just not doing what's yeah, what you expected it to. Well, the, I, I would say you'd make that argument for like a big window, like going mm-hmm. uh, into finishers. So I think on that Friday I walked down the scale and I was like 35. Once I got there. Um, my coach Kyle was uh, pretty worried that I was going to make the weight. I think mm-hmm. there was individuals that didn't know if I could make that 125 uh, cutoff, mm-hmm. and it's definitely it's not it's not an easy thing to make the 125 cutoff, but it's doable. So as we got in there, he was obviously a little bit worried, but now it's a big range of 10 pound difference. Mm-hmm. So I, I would see, you know people being a little bit skeptical between like a 10 or 12 pound range when you come in there but as long as you know what you're doing as far to as far as the water manipulation you're still hydrated uh it's gonna be you know easy cut and and you don't have a coach or someone separate who's handling the water manipulation for you you've like you've researched and, and done all of your your work to understand how to do this properly right yes that's correct did that come from wrestling or did that come from fighting mixed martial arts? Um, you know, trial and error from both. But uh, I, I've studied George Walker on kind of his protocol and then figured out some of the things that I was doing incorrectly the last time I made 125, um, which was in wrestling. And I think I made 127 was the lowest I, I went to. But I could just kind of figure out some of the things... I would do incorrectly like um, I think the number one thing I saw was I would water load but then when I was rehydrating I wouldn't put the sodium directly back in so I'd cramp up because I would, I would like everybody's like eat your bananas mm-hmm. everybody's like drink your water but nobody's like put your put your sodium back in yeah. and if you don't put the sodium in first your body can't process the potassium. So you need a two to, two to one ratio, I believe, for the sodium to potassium. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, after these, these weigh-ins, I've been using a lot of Gatorade. Mm. It's not great for the sugar, but the, the ratio on sugar, not sugar, uh, potassium to sodium 
is the, the perfect amount, and it also has magnesium in it. So, and specifically the yellow Gatorades, right? No, no, no I just oh. I just like that flavor, flavor oh. better. Oh, okay. Um, th- there there are newer newer Gatorades that don't have that direct, uh, that direct two to one ratio. They're like the sugar free ones or whatever, which I, which I try to try to avoid. Okay. Um, you could definitely do this better without Gatorade and doing like a mix of. You know, using actual table salt and doing your own concoction, which you would have less sugar in it, which the sugar also draws out a certain amount of water. For me, it's just convenient. Um, I definitely, I don't, I don't mind the, the Gatorade. It's probably not the healthiest thing in the world, but the ratio, it's, it's already set. It's pretty easy to do. I don't have to think about it. Pretty easy to find and yeah. stuff. Yeah, really easy yeah. to find. Um, if you fuck up the concoction, <laughs> yeah. you'll have diarrhea and it'll dehydrate you oh. even, even more. So. Right, uh, right. Uh, it's something to be aware of. You, you don't want to. Uh, diarrhea is not fun. I put myself three times last year from MCT oil, and it's just oh, it's like keto life. Yeah, it is. It's. Have you tried uh, Tailwind? I, I know that's not available everywhere, but I, I always have like uh, like a big a big pouch of it, and it's I think it's twenty five grams of, of sugar, but then it's like all of your. It's supposed to be a. a a calorie replacement um, for high intensity stuff and then an electrolyte replacement as well um, and then the kind of sugar that they use I guess is supposed to be better than fruit because it can be more readily absorbed I think it's dextrose dextrose versus fructose from fruit yeah and, yeah. and uh, the guy he, he Chewy the guy that uh, Alfie likes to watch he, he mentioned Tailwind too but I use it for like running and stuff I hate sugar so I only use it for like really high intensity stuff I thought about using it during tournaments too because my big old troll calves I I, for some reason they'll lock up on me and then my, my muscle will like knot and roll over and I'm it's horrible when I have someone who's trying to go for my legs and I can't freaking stand on my leg and yeah I, I hope you're getting sponsored sir <laughs> <laughs> I am now give me free products <laughs> no I have, I've not tried that um, and <laughs> when you're going from subspectrum to ultimate mat warriors you didn't have much. You didn't have much, if any, time time away to like here in Seattle. Um, you had to move from one tournament to the next, right? Or, I didn't have to. <laughs> but you did. I I choose to. Why? Um, I had a free ticket to San Diego, so I San Diego. I, I won the finishers tournament, so Open Mat Warriors uh, bought my ticket, so. Basically, I'm, I'm wasting a ticket. If I go back to Seattle, I chill out there for a week, and then I decide to go to uh, San Diego. So I decided to hit them up and say, hey, can you fly me back from uh, Des Moines, Iowa? And they're like, sure. You know, and that's also, Des Moines is not not a cheap plane ticket by any means. It's oh, in yeah. the middle of nowhere. You usually have to have a layover flight. You have to have a layover flight. You don't usually have to have one. Yeah. It's just like you don't. There's no direct flights to Des Moines from Alaska. You have to generally uh, go into Chicago. Mm, okay, it's like the sad, forgotten friend. That there might be other airlines other than Alaska that have direct flights, but I, I was looking and I didn't see any direct flights at the time. Mm. When you're doing that, is that like an exciting thing for you because you get to you know have some time to check out the the local like scene down in California, or are you the kind of person where you don't look forward to like traveling and you know? I'm the type of person who doesn't look forward to fun. It's just, I'm just oh yeah, that all, sounds all like business. you. Yeah, yes. 
<laughs> Deadpan. I, I'm not interested in traveling or anything. So oh. It's just pure, pure jujitsu. Last time I grappled with you, I didn't hear anything beating in your chest. And I, <laughs> I think I was right. <laughs> so going from subspectrum to Ultimate Matt Warriors, um, going from making 135 to going back down to 125, was that an immediate like? How challenging was that to go from 135 to 125 the following week, only having that week? It was surprisingly easy. So I was training that prior week, like getting ready for subspectrum. While I was in Iowa, I was running in the mornings for about 40 to 45 minutes, uh, keeping my heart rate around 140. I don't like necessarily to run especially on treadmills in Iowa but um, when when you have a heart rate monitor it's definitely pretty efficient on hitting that 140 heart rate range for burning fat and that was something that unfortunately I did for I think two weeks maybe maybe less maybe a little bit more than two weeks to kind of take off that weight and I I did that in addition to my training sessions Mm. which I was also training two times a day Mm-hmm. Do you incorporate any kind of like cardio training in your jiu-jitsu or is jiu-jitsu just rolling in and of itself enough cardio training for you? Rolling in itself is Grappling. more than enough uh, cardio for me. Uh, it's not uncommon that, especially getting ready for a vet, I'll do... Uh, 40 minutes of rolling and they get into overtime rounds after okay. so I, I can end a training session with 16 minutes 55 minutes of, of training um, I recall actually uh, for finishers I, I was doing a workout where I was switching between two training partners doing I believe a 5 minute round going directly into to EBI overtimes after and then switching off I, I did that 8 times which was very similar to, to how Ultimate Mag Warriors went. Mm. So when I was at that event, that was something I was prepared for. I was prepared to go 10 minutes of rolling with two different partners, four rounds, and able to recover from that. So something mentally, I was just, you know, it was, it was just a regular day in the gym, a regular workout. That allows you to perform at your best at that point because you're not trying to, you're not having a new experience. So, I noticed that a lot of these tournaments, uh, you'll run through your opponents pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? Yes. <laughs> uh, you get pretty quick submissions. Right? Um, which opponents? <laughs> <laughs> which opponents, Alfie? <laughs> if I may ask. No, I'm okay. I'm, so I'm joking. I know Will. I'm, giving, I'm giving Will a hard time because. He's not um, he's not a jiu-jitsu dork like Alfie. So oh, I don't have I'm a glasses big dork. either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he, he's not as informed on the the names of the people in jiu-jitsu. Granted, you know, I'm not competing against Gordon Ryan and Felipe Pena at the moment. But you didn't uh, lose against him. I, I, I am competing against some bigger names now that probably Will should know the names of. Marcelo, go ahead. So. <laughs> 
I think what he may be referring to is either in finishers, mm-hmm. right? Um, able to finish opponents relatively quickly in finishers, and then you, um, you know, you get from finishers to subspectrum, and then are able to go to ultimate mat warriors. They paid for your trip. Ultimate mat warriors was in direct contrast to what Will just said in the sense of each match went into overtime. Um, and I finished them. And he did finish them in overtime, 100%. Um, and then we look at Combat Jiu-Jitsu Worlds, which is a different rule set altogether. And then going and finishing a high-level opponent in a relatively short amount of time with a Kanabasami to a heel hook, an inside heel hook, right? So it's like... I don't know exactly what the question he was asking for, but I you think that's where it was directed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's just um, like I, I see more more often than than in those tournaments, right? Or more in specific, I think it was sub spectrum, where when you got like the submissions, it, it wasn't even what it was all under. Most of them were in under finishers. a minute. Or, oh, in finishers, in finishers. Yeah, it was what under under a minute. Like, and I don't see many other people in those tournaments and in, in these other tournaments that, I, that I've watched of yours doing that. Because um, you only watch me. Yeah, you're right. That's <laughs> all I ever watched. I watch replays of the ball, too. Is home. that a specific game? Is it? I mean, obviously, you want to finish as quickly as possible. Yeah. More rest time, right? Um, so do you specifically game plan each individual opponent to try to find those quick submissions or... You just go out there and wing it, and then just go and, and are able to catch those. Um, so, yeah, I feel like two different questions were being asked. Mm-hmm. Do I go out there and wing it? No, I generally I study tape, especially um, the how I see the the bracket going. The first two opponents are pretty pretty set usually, where where I have a pretty good idea of who my competition is going to be. Occasionally, I can predict the whole bracket. That's actually not true. It hasn't happened yet, but <laughs> I've, I've before predicted three out of the four opponents. Um, but you gotta, you gotta be prepared to, um, you know, switch it up, call an audible, and uh, you know, generally the, the bracket doesn't always work out how people expect it to work out. So you gotta be prepared for, you know, the other guys in the bracket as well. Um, do I plan to go out there and? finish everybody in the the time that I'm doing it um, I, I definitely wouldn't say that do I plan out there to go out there and finish yes I, I trained submission grappling the you know the goal is the submission the train every day in the gym to get that submission and damn straight once I get to Connie Wasami I fucking get inside triangle position I'm gonna break that guy's leg as soon as I'm on the back, I'm going to fucking jaw crank that guy until he passes out. So the the positions I'm extremely confident in, uh, the time I can't really control. Um, granted, again, when I'm in the gym, we, we train for the submission and we, we train to get it quickly. When we're rotating partners, we're, you know, working different time constrictions, different rule sets. We're always, we're always working towards the finish. Um, I can't really force... The, the time like that's something that's not really in my control but once uh, I'm able to get to one of my favorite positions um, I'm going to be able to, to get to a submission that's like the, the an example of a skilled skilled professional right is like when you when you fix when you 
because when you fixate on the results, oh, I'm going to get it in under this amount of time, like that, that'd be, it could even be a distraction because when that doesn't happen, like your game starts breaking down a little bit and you're very process orientated as it is. Like I want to just talking to you, Alpia has way more experience in just conversation with you when you're going into these tournaments and stuff, but like, I don't really see you fixated on the results. You're just, you're very aware of the present moment and the match that you have coming next. Like where I've seen other people and they're like, they go up into a tournament and they're worried about like the, the their win or what their losses. They completely lose track of just being in the moment. And I remember even talking to Nathan Orchard and he said that that was like the key, the key thing for him when it came down to competing is just like, he said it in different ways because he has a soul. Um, he said, I'm here to have fun and you have yeah, to have fun. He has fun. a soul. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, you got to have fun and enjoy yourself. And the minute that I feel that I'm getting all caught up in whether or not I'm going to like win or lose and getting all this anxiety about it, then I'm like, I'm losing it. Even before that the match has begun. Yeah, I definitely believe you can uh, be too fixated on uh, results, whether it's you're jealous can be winning, but uh, you know whether whether you're in your head about winning or losing. Like, there's definitely a battle before the the actual battle. And if you, you go out there and you're already defeated, well, it's just gonna manifest uh, manifest itself in defeat. You go out there and you're very narcissistic about the results, and you think you're God's gift to the world, and you're unstoppable. You know. You also might get a reality check and find out that's that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So you got to be in the the present moment. Um, I, I would definitely agree with that. Right. I do like breathing exercises. Uh, in the in the back, I try to uh, I try to stay away from anxious individuals in the warm up room that mm-hmm. are fucking spazzing out and that are breathing incorrectly. I try to get myself away from that. That's one thing like I consciously do is there's a lot of anxious energy in the, the back of the locker rooms, and I'm sure you guys have experienced that. I know Alfie's been there for that. A lot of times I'll go outside, I'll, I'll take a deep breath, I'll go through my breathing exercises, and uh, you know bring it all back to reality. I'm not gonna sit there and slap myself in the back and have my training partner go, you're the best, you're the best, Daffron. You're the best duck, you're feeling so good today. That's not, that's not me. Gonna we're, we're gonna, we're gonna focus on the, the objective, we're gonna warm up and be in the present moment. Do you ever surprise yourself? <laughs> All the time. Do you ever surprise yourself when you find out that you're the best in that, com- in that competition? <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I'm surprised, but it definitely. You get some dopamine, get some feel good from, you know, people, training partners that dedicate their time dedicate their money, their resources, that believe in you, and then you go out there and you know you prove them right. That, that's always something. It's uh, it's not like when, when I when I lose, it's not going to be the end of the world. I'm going to go back in the gym. I'm going to do my best to, to improve from that loss. I'm going to take it like a man. I'm going to you know accept the defeat and go, hey, it's, it's a good job. Um, what did what did this guy show me? What what did this guy show me? I need to work on. Mm. And I'm gonna improve from that. But one thing that always hurts is when I see my teammates, my friends, my coaches 
whether you know they're showing their support or I'm online on fucking Instagram it's like a bunch of posts like let's go duck jits and I see all these people who are watching like that's always a bummer when I see that and then I let those people down on the competition so not not just the end of the world and you know generally people who are my friends mm-hmm. you know, before the competition or my friends after the competition but I, I would say that's definitely the the hardest aspect about like swallowing the swallowing the loss is always not 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 dealing with myself it's just the expectation I have on the other people mm-hmm. of just hold, holding that burden sometimes I definitely let, let it get to me a little bit so I have a two part question then so going from finishers to subspectrum to ultimate warriors right those are all jujitsu competitions yes. going into combat jujitsu worlds which has striking how did your mindset change going into that knowing that you can be smacked in the face and how did your training change leading into that one as opposed to your other competitions my mindset did it change I always train for combat how my training changed is I said I'm gonna slap this motherfucker right in the face when Alfie put me in a, in a double outside Oshley I looked him straight in the eyes I slapped him second time he put me in outside Oshley I looked him straight in the eyes and he let go of it <laughs> That's how it changed. I was, I was using, I was using just my, my eyes to stop, <laughs> to stop the submissions. I didn't have to, to raise my hand. I didn't, I didn't have to, to bring my, my pimp hand and, and raise it up. I just, I just looked them straight in the eyes and they, they let go of the, the submission. Alfie can attest to the one time, maybe, maybe two times we trained combat jiu-jitsu together. What is the name of this eye-locking martial art? <laughs> it's, it's, um, Keto Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> it's there was no film of intentions. that event. There was no film of this taking place, yes. therefore it did not happen. <laughs> it's all in your intentions. Um, but, um, yeah. but that's cool oh. though, that, that it doesn't have to change that much versus just adding strikes to your normal overall training then. I remember when I I had a combat jiu jitsu match that I completely lost and like very quickly too. Um, and I, asked, I, I also remember that. Yeah, I, I was there. I, I think I was, I was your warm-up partner. Yeah, you were. Thank you. Uh, apparently, apparently, I didn't do my job. No. Wait, which, which combat jiu-jitsu match? Because there was another one where I was there. I was your warm-up partner, and I watched from the side of the ring. Oh yeah, and I lost that. And a lot to learn. Um, it was the one that I did with. Wait, I, I have a question grounds. for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so do you win or do you learn? Is that <laughs> <laughs> is, is that the case? <laughs> I never lose. Money feeded. <laughs> I just learn. Well, no, obviously we, we've had some experience with them, some tough losses, yes. <laughs> So I'm, I'm curious to tell me what what you have learned from those losses. That drilling is is much more important 
win is a higher priority than competing, but competing is still very important. Drilling. Drilling. Is more important than competing. Yes. Okay. For now. Now I know. Yes. Wise words. So I found myself in, in all those moments in an unfamiliar situation, and my reactions were unpredictable. And then... That sounds, that sounds like ninja, like unpredictable. <laughs> unpredictable. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'd, I'd be worried if my opponent had unpredictable reactions. Oh yeah, I guess I'd win at that point, right? I don't know if you'd win, but I'd be like, this is, you know, an unpredictable, an unpredictable <laughs> opponent is it a dangerous opponent? That is true. It's like a white belt. I learned, I learned that the hard way. Mm-hmm. Oh. Was uh, doing a little bit of striking the other day. Mm-hmm. And my mitt holder turns back to me. I drop my hands and he smacked me right in the face. He said, boxing is deception. Combat is deception. Keep your hands up. Slap! Just like that. Second time I had my hands up, I was ready for it. So you're training striking now. Stand up striking. I've always, always trained striking. What's next? Bang. Slapping you in the face. No watch. It'll probably happen. <laughs> I asked Wagner though, and he said that for the combat jujitsu, I was like, "Is there anything else that I should focus on other than like jujitsu? Like, is there is there any added elements?" I, I was doing um, just MMA uh, from pancreation to kickboxing to Muay Thai. And he's like, "It's jujitsu." <laughs> he said that. Yeah, that's all yeah. he said. Fuck. <laughs> Now, generally, the guy who's better in jiu-jitsu is going to be the the victor in combat jiu-jitsu. So, uh, unless they're just a complete puss and they get slapped and they freeze up, mm-hmm. it's generally just going to be jiu-jitsu. The better the better jiu-jitsu game is going to yeah. be the the winner in that situation. Uh, you obviously have to monitor the distance and be aware of that. But once once that's the case, it's it's going to be difficult to uh, TKO anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, luckily, when I get slapped, I don't, I don't freeze and I squirt. Plus, plus yeah, Fagner Roach is like a different animal. Yeah. He's yeah. a fucking monster. Yes. Yeah, um, and so, yeah, what's next after combat jiu-jitsu? Europe. Europe? Wait, what? Tell me about this. What are you doing in Europe? Uh, so I'm doing some seminars mm-hmm. over in uh, Germany and Switzerland. I'm gonna be over there for six weeks. Gonna be making love, not war. Oh! Just holding it down in the Swiss land. Yes. <laughs> Eating all that chocolate. Chocolate and cheese. <laughs> or gaining the weight back. <laughs> oh, it's been gained. It's been gained. Oh. <laughs> it is 125, still something you're gonna go after? If yeah, it's- yeah, I'm a 25 Why? Cool. Why are you grappling 25 at 125? Squad? Is it because of how tall you are? Why am I grappling at 125? Yeah, why do you do this? Because <laughs> I can make 125? I, yeah, I was going to say, like, if you can make the weight, compete at the weight. How do you know you can make the weight? You just try it. What do you mean? How do I know? I, I, you see that belt right there? What's, what does that say? Let's, ultimate Matt Warrior 4 flyweight champion. Do, do you know how many pounds flyweight is? No, he doesn't. One... 25. Correct. Ooh. Ooh, so yay. clearly I can make the weight. But did you know? You didn't know that before that, right? Uh, we talked about it, but I, I just mean like, you know, you go up in your first, like I'm, I'm 160 pounds. 
And I don't want to be 125 pounds. You can make 125. Oh, really? No, you can't. No, I don't want to. You can definitely make 135, though. You can make 135. How tall are you? Uh, 5'6". Do you know your your body fat composition? uh, Composition? I don't. I want to know, though. Okay. Of abs. <laughs> I'm I'm probably, consi- I don't think he can make 125. My BMI is considered obese, but I know that that's, that doesn't even tell your body fat composition because then it doesn't take into account muscle, right, for just the BMI. It doesn't, but um, when I was in wrestling, they had to do like this hydration test and a mm-hmm. body fat test, so I had a pretty good idea of what my lean body mass was mm-hmm. without any fat on it, so I'd pretty, you know, I, I knew I could make 125. Yeah. Is there somewhere that you'd recommend where I could go or a resource um, to to figure out what my body composition is? Just go to the doctor. Use the internet, Will. Figure it out. How do I tie it? Oh, wait. I'll t- ask my son. He's seven, so. <laughs> I don't know how that thing works. Be resourceful. Yeah. Resourceful? I said be resourceful. Zor. I'm kidding. Like, look Sorry. it up. <laughs> ask Siri. I know. I'm just with him. He's not part of the 125 squad. No. Yeah, we have a, an exclusive 125 squad. At For everybody who should be able to make it. <laughs> For everybody who can make it, it's just okay. mentally they can't they can't make it right now. Are you the 125 squad? I'm, 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 I'm the captain of the squad because I'm, I'm, I'm the only one that's actually made the weight. Yeah. I'm so part of the 125 squad. I think Aislinn is part of the 125 squad. Where's your captain? Liam hat? is uh, also on the 125 squad. Liam. Really? Um, Morgan? He's a tall guy. No, he's not on the 125 squad. No. He can do 155. We have also an up-and-cover named Devin on the 125 squad. Oh, what? He actually walks at 125, so he's actually probably... He should probably be the captain. We have a very strong wrestler. At our gym, we have a very strong wrestler who's 117. I don't know what he wrestled at, but he's like 117, like walking around on a daily basis. Yeah, he's, he's a, a really strong wrestler too. He's really strong. And yeah, tiny guy, but strong. Interesting to see what he can do. Mm-hmm. It's difficult for me to manage. You his squad. Put some weight on that kid. Yeah, told us like, dude, you start eating and lifting. Get him ready for the, the 125 squad. Not be your heavy cheerleader. No. <laughs> be your ugly cheerleader. <laughs> I'll put lipstick on. So it's been a big year. <laughs> it's been a big year. I'm trying to just put get, this back on track. Get your shit together, Will. Executive <laughs> producer Alfie over here. It's been a, it's been a, a pretty big year already, right? And we're only halfway through it. Okay. What, what's your biggest takeaways from this year? It could be achievements. It could be like like mental takeaways. Things you've learned about yourself, your game, or about life in general, just from these. Just from this year in jujitsu and your competitions. Um, when you're when you're goal setting, don't don't make it a goal to, to be there. Make it a goal to to win the, the whole fucking tournament. That mm. is uh, one big thing. Uh, I definitely thought I was a little bit farther away from competing on a EBI. Whether it's EBI or combat jujitsu world, just it's the same thing. Um, at the time, was, I wanted to compete on. EBI should have been I'm, I'm going to win EBI comment just wants it again same thing same competition now so it's definitely something from a perspective of an athlete you need to always aim to, to win win the competition you, even if you're you know just a blue belt at the time or just a 
a new purple belt, you need to you need to have that goal to, to win it. So it's not enough to be there. So you, you might find yourself in the, the semifinals or the finals. If your goal is just to be there, I guarantee you the guy whose who goal is to win it is going to be the one who's victorious. Mm-hmm. Complacency starts to slip in. Yeah, don't set that expectation for yourself. So that's definitely something. You have the expectations of, you know, uh, you know, all right, I've done it. I've I've had this goal. Then you know, I accomplished this goal. But you know, the at the end of the day, the business hasn't been handled. It's never a good thing. It's another reason why I despise people in the locker room who like come up after you and they're like, "Oh, good job!" And it's like you're you're in the second round. Like you still have a whole tournament to go through. Like, yeah. why, why would you say anything? Slap that guy. You're in the third round. <laughs> Oh my God! Good job. No, no, that's that's not. You gotta you gotta be focused, and then after the event, we can we can celebrate. Mm. You know, get that sigh of relief relief till the end. Al- Alfie has firsthand experience on this. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the good job guy? I can't remember. Good job guy. I can't remember. <laughs> I think I block it out every time I bring shame. I bring shame to Master Sensei Duck. I think the best part was the warm-ups. That that was, that was the most. Tell me about the it. The most shame you brought to the Chuck Jitsu. Wait, what happened? I did well during the warm-ups. The warm-ups. Um, you know I was like, you, you got this, dude. You feel great. No, oh no, no, no. I'm talking about in San Diego. Oh, life, okay. Like a we don't need coach. to go back to that. Wait, I've, what? I have improved <laughs> upon the warm-ups since then. <laughs> You know, you know what's funny? <laughs> I, f- I flew to San Diego for for, for City Co. sponsoring the yeah. event. I had led my services to Austin. <laughs> I warm up with him and I make him look horrible. He still goes and wins. Right? So what do I do? I offer my services for Combat Jiu-Jitsu Worlds. Fly down to L.A., money out of my own pocket, right, to go be there for the duck. I cut weight with him in the morning and everything. I drop like four and a half pounds of water weight. Wait, I, wait, 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 wait. Tell them about the treadmill. Wait, what? The treadmill? <laughs> when I was cutting weight. Inform your I walked your for five viewers. minutes, then I ran for ten, then I walked for five, then I ran for ten. I, I used to be 260 pounds. I'm five foot four. I used, used to be 260 pounds, all right? Running hasn't been my strongest suit. Which since then... Now, what, the other day I messaged, I messaged so determined about running. I've been so determined. I've been running on an incline for four, I ran on an incline for 40 minutes the other day because I brought Shane to the duck. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, running device right here. Long distance running. Here's the secret. Ready? Whether you're running an ultra marathon or you're running a mile, don't walk. (laughs) Don't walk. Wait, what? Don't walk. I walked for warm-ups. Just, just keep shuffling your feet. Do the even, death even march. If, even if you feel like walking, just shuffle your feet. That's all you gotta do. Shuffle your feet and pretend you're walking. Just don't walk. Just don't walk. If it helps, there's, there's a 90-year-old out there slaying 200-mile races. Yeah, I bet she's not walking to. <laughs> I did way better with warm-ups <laughs> in, in L.A. That's all I'm saying. I did great. Okay. 
So I'm going to go ahead and pack my, pat myself on the back. And then now I have a match in San Diego for Ultimate Matt Warriors. And guess who's not going to be there? Subtle plug. Because they're going, yeah, subtle plug. <laughs> at poo.jitsu. P-O-O-H dot jitsu. And guess who's not going to be there can, to warm me up? I, I wasn't invited. He's like this guy. This guy's an asshole. <laughs> I offered my services. You <laughs> 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 mean the duck in the bear? Because the duck together? is gonna. The duck is flying across the pond mm-hmm. to Europe, which I understand is way cooler. And the bear is walking out. to San Diego. And the bear is walking to San Diego. It was honey. The poo bear. The poo bear. I'm scared of bears. Poo poo. Scared away. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Oh, All right. I'll fun. send my yes. condolences. I'll send my condolences. <laughs> I'll see you back in uh, Seattle. <laughs> you're you're tw- you're 23, right? You're 20. <laughs> I'm 23. Yes. Yeah. So I don't want to like pat myself on the back, but I will for remembering that. <laughs> no. Um, ever since I was young, people would always comment on like how responsible I am, or I don't like. I'm not immature, right? Kind of feel like I am now, but and I like I meet. Uh, I would hope so. <laughs> I meet you, and you have a, a you have a pretty solid mindset, right? For in terms of a person, let alone someone like your age, right? There's a lot of athletes out, younger athletes I'm meeting though, and they're pretty impressive, um, all the way down into the teens. But like, you don't seem very immature at all. And you said you you started doing like martial arts um, from you know younger, and you had that intention going into it um and you're very you're very focused have you throughout your like childhood and growing up was that a notable feature of you in like school and stuff were were you always like this heartless and like (laughs) (laughs) no were you always just determined and focused and not like busy fucking off because i I was kind of when i when i had my son when i was what 16 i'm like i I got you know i got college and art and like i don't i don't want to go party i got this shit that i want to go over here and do um, and it was very distinctly different from people I grew up with. Yeah. I, th- I think one distinct advantage I had um, was I wasn't able to do any sports as a, as a child. And it was something that I really wanted to do. I always mm-hmm. remember being a shorter, chubbier kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely got picked on a little bit here and there. And um, sports was always something I, I really found fascinating. And when I was on the playground, you know, constantly playing, whether it's four square, basketball, football, soccer, any normal American <laughs> sport on the playground, like constantly getting in fights. Like I always wanted to play soccer, play football, but my mom worked on the weekends. So it wasn't something I was able to do until I was in middle school and the the school district like offered sports. So once I was able to do it, the first thing I, I did, it was uh, football. <laughs> so once I, I did football again, I was about four foot six, chubby little sixth grader. Um, you know, it was the first time I, I ran, like, sprints and hills back and forth. I, rem- I remember, you know, everyone there, I was, I was with my friends who did do sports. They did, like, soccer and basketball, and they were in a lot, you know, they were, they were in a lot better shape than me. <laughs> um, everybody was thinking, like, this fucking sucks. Like, this, like, 
in the summertime wearing like that hot helmet and pads. Oh yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's hard to breathe. Uh, something that it doesn't need to be said, but it, it sucks. Mm-hmm. So obviously I was thinking that. So as, as we go home, you know, we carpool, these kids are complaining to their, to their parents and they're like, you know, this, I don't, I don't think I want to do, you know, the, the sport because, you know, all the, all the running, all the conditioning. And if I were to say that to my mother, she would have immediately taken me out and be like, good. I don't want to drive you anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's not that she, she didn't drive me. It was just she didn't want to have the other parents look at her as a parent who wasn't present. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't taking a time away from her, but it was just the fact that she couldn't drive me because she wanted to drive me, mm. but she was unable to drive me. And it, it really upset her. Because it was something like she she wanted to do. And she's very proud, right? And, and yeah, yeah, uh, definitely, it, it definitely some ego there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like she works hard, mm-hmm. and she she worked in a, a restaurant her whole life. It, it's something like she she would gladly, oh, wow. yeah. uh, you know, drive me if she she had the time, but she mm-hmm. she had to work. So yeah. that was something like I never ever complained. To her, mm-hmm. about, you know, there's always, there's always times in my head, I was like, you know, what the fuck am I doing? Whether it was, you know, football or wrestling or cross country where cross country actually wasn't too bad. I, I was, you know, pretty, it's gonna It's going to be running. You expect mm-hmm. to run, expect to run hard. Yeah. You know what to expect. You, you, know, you know what to expect. But these, this was a earlier time when I was a middle schooler. So, mm-hmm. uh, definitely the, the football was the first thing and the second thing was the wrestling that was just like super duper intense that you know you, you always have that question and especially when you're really bad at it it's like mm-hmm. one of those things that like you're like why am I doing this I am I am awful mm-hmm. like this is like how why why do I keep coming back like I I, 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 I remember my first year of wrestling I, I ha- didn't win one match mm-hmm. wow so there, there was a whole year that I went through that I, I, losing. Like, mm-hmm. why, why would you keep playing if if you're losing? You're losing every time. This is this is uh, insanity. Mm-hmm. Doing the same thing, going to practice. You're you're showing up for the meets, and then you're you're taking all these L's. You know, that's, that doesn't look good for the babes in high school. Yeah. Come on. Well, you, did you so did that way of thinking when you recall when you're in like uh, football and not wanting to complain to your mom um, directly did that carry over pretty wa- for a pretty long time when you're doing these sports because I hear you say that and I hear you say the same thing about competing now but not about your mom right because that's like the framework is like is, is letting letting down all these people who, who are like excited for you to win right like you know what I mean? Like you're letting yeah. someone else, and I can very see how that could carry over from from your youth. Almost is is that something that seemed consistent to you? Like as you're doing wrestling and stuff, where you still like I'm going to do my best and I'm going to make the best of it because I don't want I don't I wouldn't want to complain to my mom. Or was that just initially when you started football? I, I wouldn't say that I think of not complaining to my mom, but mm-hmm. it's definitely. Uh, 
something that that I've picked up over the years is like this is something I choose to do. Like I don't have to do this. Like I get to do jiu-jitsu. That's you know, yeah. dope. It's not. It's not like a, I've never heard you complain. To be it's honest, not, it's not a responsibility. You know, mm-hmm. here and there, if you're if you're doing a hard workout with it with your teammates, yeah. you, you you always joke around and here have that sense of camaraderie mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, you know dealing with hard tasks and pushing yourself. It's it's gonna suck and. and um, you know, complaining all the time isn't going to help anything. It's not mm-hmm. gonna. It's not gonna make it any easier. It's just gonna give you a way out of you know whether it's the workout or it's the competition or whatever it is. Um, you're gonna be injured. Mm-hmm. You're probably not gonna. You're not, probably not gonna feel your best that day, and you're gonna have the opportunity to to make an excuse. You're gonna have the opportunity. Like that's that's one thing. Like I despise. Like if you show up for the competition, you you're good to go. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're at that competition, you you are 100. If the guy beats you, that guy beat you on your best day. Mm-hmm. You could have a broken leg. That that guy beat you on your best day. If you mm-hmm. showed up for that competition, making excuses isn't gonna help. And I, I just see too many individuals. Uh, you beat them, they'll go, oh, my thumb hurt. <laughs> oh, you, you beat them, my, my neck hurts, or whatever it is. There's I, like I, an I, environmental I thing that, yeah. Despise people who, who, who make excuses. And th- these are the same people who um, go through wh- whatever it is, any endeavor. Mm-hmm. They, they read that freaking Gracie quote. They go, you win or you learn. And they have, they have not learned anything. Mm-hmm. They're, they're idiots. Uh, you know they're they're not improving from from their losses. They they just read out some cliche mm-hmm. that isn't true, and they're like, oh, got better. That's that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not how it works. You you need to accept responsibility mm-hmm. for yourself for competing and going out there, and then that's how you're going to improve. You're like, mm-hmm. damn, this this guy beat me on, on my best day. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should start freaking working on arm bars. Maybe my skill set isn't as high as it could be in this particular area. And mm-hmm. I, I got to learn from this freaking stud muffin of a jujitsu practitioner. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I got a free private lesson out there. Mm-hmm. I got to I gotta learn a, a heel hook from a guy ripping off my leg. And that's, you know, a lot of times, like, what I've picked up uh, as far as development-wise has, mm-hmm. has happened in competition and I, mm. I gotta learn from you know world class grappler especially now where it's <laughs> it's just like the, the guys I'm competing against are high level guys so how could how could I not be stoked about getting a free fucking private lesson yeah. on a leg lock on going out in subspectrum and facing Juni how mm-hmm. could I not be stoked about fucking getting arm barred against Chewy like it's mm-hmm. just as long as long as I work on it and I improve from it. I'm go, I'm going to get better. It's just it's just time. It's putting in the work. But if I were to go out there and make make an excuse, and everybody has excuses. Mm-hmm. See, I I'm realizing that's perhaps one of the things as I've gotten to know you that is like made me cling to you like a like a shipwrecked sailor to a life raft is. I value your friendship because of the way that you see things in that sense. And it's the same for Alfie is like, and among other people too, because the way that you guys perceive adversity, 
is like if if anything the way that you'd handle adversity is something that's very valuable to me and as someone who struggles with not having the best cards and I have to I, I can make excuses all day I have a son and I take care of him 100% of the time sometimes I do make excuses but like I, I see that w within some people in my life and um, and I've seen that literally cripple them and never, they never get anywhere. And like, even more than that is that their quality of life is just, I, I don't know, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Cause I've been with people who just like whine and bitch about like every little thing or, you know, even on like the tournament, you know, it's like they have like this huge narcissism and it's, I, I can't, it's really hard for me to get into my own and, and to really enjoy the moment. You know, it, not even just what I'm doing, even there, if I'm there as a support, like when I'm like, even though I, when I'm with you, whether it's like training, right. Or if I've seen you like at a tournament, right. You're, I want to be around you because of the energy that you have. <laughs> Basically we're just going to bang. So you're single, right? <laughs> no, and like that's, I see that within, you know, a handful of people and I can go to like proving ground somewhere that's like an open tournament and um, you have a, a bunch of people competing and I can pick them out. I can even just, if you just sit there on the bleachers and you just watch people and you watch their faces, like it, it it's kind of obvious, right? And um, additionally though, it's, I guess growing up with a single parent, I don't know if your your mom was a single mom most of your youth or whatever. But yeah, um, for me, that's how my mom was. And like, I'd always had to assume those responsible roles. And my mom was never to, able to take me to sports um, because she's, you know, working a lot and she couldn't drive me out there. And so like now as an adult, like this is the time that I got to get into sports and it meant the world to me and no amount of like discomfort um, is going to stop me from that because it's something that I've always wanted to be doing, you know? Yeah, 100%. I would definitely say the, you know, obviously, single mother, same kind of thing. Uh, taught early to, you know, not make excuses. And it's it's something, like, I, I get to do. It's not something, like, I have to do. That, that, that was one of the biggest things that I think from that was it's, like, I, I was always, once I could wrestle, once I could run cross country whatever it was it, mm -hmm. it was always something I got to do it was one of my you know just the, the best time of the day mm -hmm. something I look forward to I'd train early in the morning and then I'd train after school and it was always the highlight of my day and that's like the most like, beautiful unobstructed self-expression or least obstructed self-expression yeah <laughs> and uh, I would say as far as um you know, people like make excuses or just like not toxic to be around. Like being able to internalize like what's going around, uh, going on around you, and what decisions are you making on a daily basis that you could change to just be a little bit better, mm -hmm. be more pleasant of a person. It's definitely something that's gonna benefit you like through your life. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be what, what are the annoying things that I do every day. And then how could I, you know, work on breaking these over the course of a month, mm -hmm. over the course of a year? Because those are the things that are going to happen, you know, for the rest of your life, you know, change them. And, and I had, like, that ties into something, too, that I witnessed when, like, you and Alfie started getting closer in terms of training. Is that I would imagine if he had a personality, or not a personality, but... Yeah, he doesn't have a personality. He's, <laughs> he's a, he's not, a not dry motherfucker. <laughs> he's Hispanic, so... 
What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> We're losing all the Hispanic viewers it's from the Becoming Human off. podcast. It's all right, guys. You have permission to stay. <laughs> Big demographic. <laughs> but like, yeah, I imagine if he had, if if he had like toxic um, qualities to him, you probably wouldn't have invited him and asked him to do like competition training for reactions as much. Um, and with that, he probably wouldn't have gleaned a lot of, you know. Um, motivation and insight from you and therefore he wouldn't have come into Kindred and just uh, ran through that tournament or ran through the, the Kumite. What are you trying to get out here, Will? <laughs> if, if Alfie was a dick, you probably wouldn't want to train with him and then he would probably not have his quality of training partners and then wouldn't that, learn That's not true thing. because cause I'm a dick. I, that's that's what I'm sucks, getting to. You have no somehow, soul, you have no uh, heart. Yeah. You're not Irish, so I'm confused. I, I'm, I'm, no. just, I'm just going to push all the demographics. I'm not out. Irish. Wouldn't it be ginger? ginger. I, I feel like gingers. Yeah, ginger. That's just Irish? Yeah, that's you not. I guess. Yeah. I guess they're probably. Yeah, uh, they're probably Irish. If they yeah. were hair, right? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Not even Scandinavian. They got the Scandinavians. They got blonde hair. That beautiful Latin blonde. But yeah, but those reactions were very much not there before, like working with Austin. So those are very much learned reactions. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I was an A plus training partner. It was like a, like. I had terrible reactions. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's learn what those reactions are. So next time, it, they'll be better. But when when he give you feedback though, you're like, you take feedback pretty well. Yeah. And if he didn't you take feedback to pretty be. well, would you would you have spent your time trying to help him along in that sense so he can be a good partner for you? Um. If you because I'm getting like with my son. Yeah, obviously, if somebody doesn't want feedback and. I'm giving feedback, so you don't, yeah. Okay. It's um, someone asks for feedback. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll generally I'll give them feedback, but what, yeah, what, one of the questions I believe you guys asked like last year was something along the lines of like, what do you look for in a gym? Mm-hmm. And it's like-minded individuals mm-hmm. who are able to give you different perspectives. They don't have to agree okay. with with uh, everything, and it's better they they probably question a lot of things you're doing like a lot of times Kyle will uh, you know over overview my work and he'll definitely question a lot of things I'm, I'm working on as far as their effectiveness and he'll, he'll give me like live resistance mm-hmm. but we have a, a group of like-minded individuals and that was something I saw in Alfie he you know whether dedicating his time his money driving out here from Burlington which is an hour drive on a, on a regular basis like that's something that I saw in him that, that I did quite a bit uh, coming up as a, as a blue belt and like why why would I not want that in the room that's that's good energy like minded individuals get to, get together and they're able to produce something uh, much greater value than themselves I can have uh, accomplished any of the things I accomplished this year by myself it was the individuals in the room who helped me get to that level. Mm-hmm. All the hours of training, that, that wasn't done with me. That, that was done by the individuals in the room who gave me their time, their patience, mm-hmm. helped me out with resources. Like, it was just, there, there was a lot of things that, that came into play there. It wasn't, it wasn't me. It was the individuals around me, and we were able to get a greater outcome Mm-hmm. than the individual. Mm. 
that's that's what we we look for is again like-minded individuals just trying to improve there's nobody in the gym who thinks he knows it all or walks around like freaking king gordon ryan here with a crown on it's it's individuals you know trying to improve uh, every day if if i were to add to that it's like for for me i've didn't have like a strong sense of um, like family and community growing up so when i started doing jujitsu when i find are we getting into your childhood yes here, Will? we are we're just digging deep into it <laughs> you're now a, a psychoanalyst um when I started doing jiu-jitsu, though, that level of community and working towards a goal like that and to give each other feedback, I've never felt like I had more of a family than I did in that. And not even in, in Livewire. I'm your family. You are my, you're my dad. Please. I believe it. <laughs> and not even in Livewire. When I go into, like, just any, you know, here at Kindred or, like, up at Bellingham MMA. Um, when you Call sp- me daddy. <laughs> <laughs> also, a- don't open this rabbit hole, man. <laughs> The, the laughs already started. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> this is your time. Susan, <laughs> 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 um, go to Bellingham MMA and then down to Kindred in, in Livewire, right? Like as I develop relationships there, um, I feel more welcome. Like, and I sometimes I. I feel more connected to a lot of people in those contexts than than my the family that I'm not immediately connected to, like in California and stuff like that. And like even better than when I'd go and spend Thanksgiving, like a, when I have a a goal that we all share, like if we go down to a tournament, like proving grounds together, and we're trying to get the win, and we're doing our own, um, we're all on our individual pursuits, but collectively helping each other. I never feel more like fulfilled in terms of community and bonding than I, than I do in those situations. So what he's saying is he loves us more than his son. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. When he comes to... <laughs> yeah, he does go to those. Yes, yes, yes. But even those, it's like my son's the same thing. It's like that feels more of a bonding moment, you know, and that feels more enriching in terms of just a relationship with another human being is when you have like a collective struggle. Yeah, there's definitely some certain attributes of jiu-jitsu that, that make it quite addicting. Mm-hmm. I think that the sense of community is, is one of those things that you can add jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Sense of fulfillment from working towards a goal with uh, individuals, definitely something you get out of jiu-jitsu that makes it quite addicting. Mm-hmm. And um, so... Just to close out, unless you had any other um, questions, Alfie. Uh, not necessarily a question, just more of a statement. Just pull it up. Is it a quotable statement? It's not a quote. Mm. It's a question that was asked earlier. Then. In all seriousness, the Urban Dictionary definition of bougie, bougie, high class, flossing, balling, or one who possesses swag. Swag. What? Are you sure? That's what it says right here. High class. Can you check the oh, regular dictionary? Plus. Okay. Miriam Webster. <laughs> so, is, this, is this a citable source? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you need three sources. Hey, Will, Not never so. give up. Never give up. <laughs> I just, just thought I should uh, read that from your shirt. I, I believe want, in you. I want a rash guard like this. No. Wait, there, there is one uh, quite similar. Really? 
Yeah. I hope that person. Something about heart. Ooh. I feel like it's like okay. It's you can't teach heart. That's oh, can't teach heart. That's kind of you know. I have both the same of them premise of never give up. Yeah, that's true. And then if you get your arm broken from, <laughs> you should have gave up. <laughs> no, just never give up. Never give up. Don't tap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and you did combat jujitsu in there's CJJ Worlds and then EBI, right? And those are. I, no, I did, did not. combat jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu, which is EBI. Yes. Beginning to that level of competing, how'd you make, what was it like to, did you, were you responsible for making the jump or were you, from competing at those other tournaments to competing on a bigger, on a bigger stage? Um, other than like all the momentum you had from the tournaments, did you actually have to go out and like network or did someone just invite you to it? It's funny you ask. Well, it's the it's EBI Eddie Bravo Invitational. Invitational. Yeah. So you're invited by Eddie Bravo, you sir. You make friends and you say, look at me. Anyway. Anyway. Yes. So from, again, last year, I'm sure you guys remember, one of the questions was, you know, what's it like, the buildup to get on bigger stages like EBI, etc., just bigger shows in general. And at the time, I, I really hadn't competed on anything. I was in that purple belt stage where I was competing in everything, everything available. And I just won my first, uh, you know, professional event where I got a little bit of cash from, from your guys' uh, gym. So now you guys kind of got to witness what it takes as far as the, the buildup and progression to get to that stage. Because you know, you know, Alfie, Alfie knows it best. He was he was in the back of the locker room uh, at a couple of the events. Um, so it's one of those things where beforehand, I, I don't think I was quite there. But you guys got to witness the the come up and progression. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say one thing is make sure you're progressing. Uh, make sure the events are just a little bit bigger than the next one. Or they're, they're on the same level, and so it's staying active. You don't want to go from professional-level tournaments back to the the local the local scene. Like, that's, you know, I thought about doing the Revolution uh, this weekend. It just didn't make a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't want to go back to the to the amateur circuit. Like, I've, I have teammates now that are, are solid, solid blue belts or are competing at purple belt level. Like, I'd much rather see those guys win the tournaments than mm-hmm. me go win the, the Revolution tournament a hundred times. Yeah. Like, what, what do I get out of it? I get nothing out of it. Mm. Who cares? Who cares? Like, I guarantee you, you know, all 12 viewers from Burlington, <laughs> Burlington, Washington, like, they, they know what the Revolution tournament is. Mm-hmm. But if you get anybody from outside the state, like, nobody, nobody would care. Yeah. I'm, I'm so-and-so champion from Tacoma. Nobody cares. They don't know what that is. <laughs> they, they care about EBI. They, you know, they, they care about events that you're able to market, and it's, like, on UFC Fight Pass. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why are coaches so obsessed with uh, winning your local, your local circuit tournament? It's for promotion for their gym. Mm. Yeah. It's their selfish endeavor on wanting to plug their gym because they, they, they want more customers. When they look up the revolution results, people will see, all right, these are the top three gyms. They assume these are the best gyms at Jiu-Jitsu. What they don't tell you is so-and-so gym has 15 gyms 
in a 30 mile radius and they add all those points together these aren't mm-hmm. singular gyms these are franchise gyms and you, you have a lot of gyms therefore you're, you're scoring more points because you have a lot more athletes mm, makes sense but what I was getting at is you you need to progress you you don't want to you don't want to stay doing the same thing for long periods of time if, if you you know won it once you've won it twice make, make sure it, it makes sense mm-hmm. uh, for me right now you know winning cash events making some money from doing jiu-jitsu makes sense mm-hmm. even if it's the same thing like hey I'll, I'll go do finishers again why not be champ champ mm-hmm. you know as, as long as it's pain like that 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 makes sense to me it doesn't make sense to go back to it to an amateur circuit where um, I'm paying in from you know having my my plane ticket paid for getting money to show up like things like that like why why would I digress to being an amateur again like make sure there is a progression there's a sense of progression with it within your tournaments there's, there's gonna be a phase where you just need to get out there and you need experience so if, if you're that if you're that blue belt, if you're that purple belt, if you're that level of grappler, you need you still need your experience. You you just need to get out there. You need to get the mat time. You need to feel like when it's the big stage, I've I've been here. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. in duelating, I've I've been in duelating a thousand times in mm-hmm. competition. That's this you know, you gotta have that like that feeling. Of it's just another day in the gym. Mm-hmm. Just ice running through your veins mm. like if people people are more nervous for you than you are for yourself yeah. that's that's that type of composure that you need to build up getting ready for these events and so often you see these guys in the back smacking themselves trying to hype themselves up and guess why because they haven't they haven't developed that skill set mm. the last time I, I, I answered that question I said you need to develop a skill set to compete on that level mm-hmm. and if you don't have that skill set damn right you better go slap yourself mm-hmm. fucking snort some coke or something to, to hype yourself up to, to get that ego in the sense of alright I'm ready for this yeah that's the difference between practicing and performing right that's the difference between practicing and performing so when you perform you're already you're, you're showing your you know your greatest your skill set yeah. not developing your skill set and even as a competitor sometimes a competition is practice yeah, uh, I, would, I would say that's, uh, you know, when you're, you're going through that purple belt stage and you, you need exposure, you need, to, you need to get out there and you need to get, because you're going you're gonna to feel those nerves, you're going to feel them, and, you know, they, they don't go away, but you're, you're, they definitely become more manageable. That's a nice thing to hear because that's something that I think is a disconnect when someone looks, who has never done something or just starting, and then they look at people who are, who are bougie and... They like, oh, that person's like impenetrable. They don't get nervous at all. It's just better managing it, from what I hear. Yeah, we've had that time in there to experience it, so now it's not a new emotion that they're feeling and don't know how to control. Yeah, right. Thank you very much, Austin. Is there anywhere that people can find more about the duck? Duck underscore jitsu on Instagram. And uh, we're going to be working on a YouTube page, Jiu-Jitsu Co-op, in the near future. Um, other resources. Don't add me on Facebook. <laughs> I keep so trying. Probably, probably, uh, yeah, um, he probably, mine. Oh, keep it to uh, <laughs> Instagram here. Um, 
I have a seminar in Munich, Munich Fight Club. For all your millions of German <laughs> listeners that I know are going to be, be listening to this. Uh, I have a seminar in Leipzig, Germany. Leipzig Combat Club. Wait, no, that's, that's not right. It's Eight Weapons eight weapons gym in Leipzig. Um, and again, I know you have, you have thousands of listeners from Germany. So again, we're gonna, we, have, we have to plug. The duck's going to bring him out here, dude. Yes. Yeah. Bring them all out. And one more in uh, Langenthal, Switzerland. Um, that one is going to be September 8th, Munich's the 9th. And I believe the Leipzig one is going to be the 18th and the 19th. Um, if you want to contact me for seminars or privates, con- uh, contact me on duck underscore jitsu on Instagram, or you can send me an email at duck.jitsu at gmail.com. Is there anywhere people can find out more about you, Alfie? No. I already gave the Instagram plug, but at who jitsu. Closing. There we go. Wait, wait. Sponsor shout out right now. City Ranko CBD. Get you some. Yeah, helps with broken shoulders, broken hearts. (laughs) (laughs) Having Sands Coffee. Whoop whoop. AEP Apparel. Ancient Elite Performance. Best shorts in the game, best gear in the game, um, probably best wrestler currently doing jujitsu in the Pacific Northwest. You guys just haven't heard of him yet, Zach Hernandez. I'm sure he'll be competing in the near future and fucking people up. Oh, but uh, contact him. He has a site, wrestling coaching, awesome gear. Really cool dude all around. I think that's everybody. So if you get some AEP apparel, take one of Zach's classes, have to use some City Rain CBD on your aching shoulder, and you want to go get some food afterwards, is there any place where we should go get food at? Um, might be Watson's Counter in Ballard. <laughs> also... Sponsor plug. <laughs> so, how do you get duck Mike shit dropped. off the ground? What's that? How do you get duck shit off the ground? <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you would like to learn more, you can go to Instagram at Becoming Human Podcast or find us on our website, becominghumanpodcast.com. Woo! That was a fun conversation with Alfie and Austin. I love talking with those guys. They've got a lot of character and determination. And being with them really pushes me to take my shit up to another level. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And until next week, y'all, bye.